Hey everyone, and welcome again to the Comics Deserve Better podcast, where we talk everything there is to know about indie comics, the best comics, in my opinion, and you can't change my mind. So, as always, <laughs> I'm here with Carrie and Darcy. How are you both doing today? Hi. Hello. Doing, you know, pretty well. Just got off work, doing all that good stuff. Always nice. good. That's You're always- off early. Yes. That feels like. Don't you usually work late? I mean, I've still got work tonight. Later. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. For for now. I mean, I'm always off this time because I've always got to talk to you guys. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've got to work again after. Later. Yeah, gotcha. I always work from like 11:30 to 1 a.m. But yeah. Well, thank you for for uh, yes. spending your reprieve with us. Thank you as always. And you're welcome. A good episode. And I just looked over to my left. And I count one, two, three, four crucifixes. Wow. So oh, I you were talking I, at me. I was like, oh, oh Jesus. No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> no. I don't have crosses. Well. Just warning you, there's no. crucifixes floating behind you. And I feel extra oh, protected, yeah. I guess. Like, I don't know okay. the right term, but yeah. Well, okay. it's interesting. Well, speaking of interesting, we have a, actually a packed episode today. Um, well, we actually have news. Uh, unfortunately, um, not really good news, but we'll, yeah. we'll start um, with the uh, with, with George Perez. Darcy, do you want to, do you want to take this or do you want me to? Sure. Uh, probably there's no one who uh, reads or follows anything about comics right now that hasn't heard this news. So this mm-hmm. is not new news. Um, but uh, George Perez announced that he has cancer. And that uh, his doctors told him that he has uh, six months to a year to live at this point. That's what they're projecting. And that he has uh, decided to forego chemo treatments. Uh, So it's pretty much just kind of a waiting game at this point. Uh, So kind of just there's no real news news there it's just kind of george perez is dying and that's terrible and he's an inspiration and if you've been reading comics for any amount of time he's he did some indie comics uh, sirens uh had a couple of issues um it was crimson something that i never read um but for the most part he did big two and he was vitally important for big two comics um and if any comic book reader was um, influenced by George Perez. So if you um, uh, just, you know, of course us here sending out all love and obviously I think sorrow and support to his family and loved ones and to him himself, because he's still alive and he's still got to get through this. And there's absolutely no way it's going to be, pleasant or wonderful and so just as easy as it can be with cancer which is never easy but as easy as it can be I hope it is um not terrible yeah it's gonna be terrible but as as not terrible as possible you know he's very positive in his in the press release and the the announcement he put out was so positive (laughs) Yeah, heartbreak. It was heartbreaking. Yeah, I just read it. I'm crying. It's, yeah. it's all it's all about 
quality of life you know very much day. about quality of life and yeah. chemo i mean yes it can it can possibly save your life if you have cancer yeah. but it also really makes a lot of different problems as well so. i i also think that choosing what whatever somebody chooses like we all we all want to say like oh i would do this or i would do that and no right. one knows until you're in that situation yeah, exactly. and i feel like him sharing his decision is of something so personal and so intimate is really um refreshing because i don't think a lot of people would use their platform to say like yeah this is you know my choice and these are the reasons why and this is why i'm doing it it's heartbreaking as fuck i mean yeah. like i just like i'm crying right now but it's um you know godspeed like yeah. i just hope whatever time he has is just beautiful and he cherishes every moment and then his family does too Definitely. absolutely and like, like darcy was saying i mean even even if if he didn't do indie comics i mean like what he did with like wonder woman and teen titans kind of paved the way to modern like like way that women and like you know other other groups are treated in comics so mm. so yeah i mean he's definitely a huge influence everywhere yep absolutely and the best hair in the business too when it comes to drawing <laughs> a drawing at least i don't know i don't remember how he looked but i i know at least when he was drawing like one woman's hair and uh and he, the various he, teen titans hair he, he, he i when he was younger, I'm not sure, but most recently he was very bald. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, in that case, very good hair too, because I'm bald also, and we gotta, you know, we'll, we'll uh, join together. All right. Good okay. shirts, though. Yeah, it does <laughs> absolutely. Okay, well, on the not much better, you know, <laughs> point here. Other um, completely other side of the spectrum, but yeah. still not good news. Yeah, because. As you all know, we, you know, DIY Corner, we started at this season and it kind of does focus on, you know, basically any kind of, um, you know, self-funding or like, go, you know, like basically crowdfunding, you know, anything that doesn't have to do with a, a major publisher and you're trying to get your art out there. And well, Kickstarter, the biggest one in the business right now when it comes to comic stuff, um, they switched to uh, cryptocurrency, which is... They haven't yet switched to oh. cryptocurrency. They're going to. They're going to be switching. And um, there's not much detail yet on this, um, as far as I can tell. Um, Dar Darcy definitely <laughs> come in, come in if, if, I, if I miss something. But essentially, um, you know, you'll, the, it turns out that Kickstarters are still going to be in regular currencies, but... For a period of time, what they're doing is they're building a whole new site on, crypt, on, on the blockchain they're leaving Kickstarter regular for a while and then they're going to merge those. And they said the detail they gave was this was not going to disrupt users, which implies that there's still going to be standard currency uh, available. They didn't say that, but it implies that if it's not going to disrupt us as users, one assumes that regular currency is still going to be available. Yeah. That's not what they said, but you assume. But yeah. it's going to be built on the blockchain. So just like Substack a few months ago, it sounds like something, you know, it's something that's beneficial towards artists, but then now there's a dark side to it that unfortunately it's not a 100% black or white situation. It's 
you know, there's, you know, you, well, yes, this you, is, this is a hundred percent black situation well, for me. Well, I, I mean, shouldn't I mean, say in the, in the future though, like when you want to support somebody on Kickstarter, you're not, now you're also supporting a, a company on the blockchain. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, so yeah, there's a, no, a negative side to it. But the only thing that is positive that could come out of this is they are putting, they said that when this becomes standard, which is in 2022, they said they're building on the blockchain, they're going to merge their sites in 2022. At that point, they're going to make their current, uh, uh, their current source code available for anyone else to make what they have now essentially nice. uh to basically rebuild uh so that would be the only kind of like silver lining that someone can basically rebuild a non-blockchain kick, uh, kickstarter um I don't know if anyone will do that because uh, this was a, a Bloomberg Tech article that this information came from. And basically what they were saying was right now, uh, investors, venture capitalists, uh, private equity wasn't really interested in uh, crowdfunding the way they were a couple of years ago. Now everyone's interested in uh, blockchain. Um, so yeah, so yeah. if you want to just make fuck tons of money really fast uh, no one's putting that money in in crowdfunding companies uh so uh it makes me think really poorly about the owners of kickstarter personally because yeah. obviously they're not in it for the art they're in it to make money which i mean it's capitalism that's the world we live in um but uh, I, I don't know this is this is uh patreons getting into nfts you know this is this is all of that shit it's you can't get away from it and it's very fucking frustrating because yeah. this shit literally destroys the planet this is all of these companies are like oh no seriously we're you know doing esg environmentally social governance investing we're totally going net zero in the next 30 50 years we're totally gonna fucking save the planet we're green trust us and they're doing this shit and this mm -hmm. shit is literally killing the planet yeah and there's been a major exposure on on when someone says they're carbon neutral or business says and it turns out that they are probably not carbon neutral so yeah yeah and if the only quote unquote carbon neutral activities you're taking is like i don't know carbon capture some shit like yeah. all the carbon capture in the world that we're doing takes away like i don't know like 13 seconds worth of a day's thing in a year like it's yeah. not enough you would have to quadruple it's just it's it's ridiculous it's it, ridiculous it's nonsense and, yeah and the businesses that are supposed to be planting trees to 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 neutralize the carbon usage is are really not doing it either not doing it and not yeah. doing it near at the rate it would need to yeah. be done yeah it's bullshit the only way to 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 help is to one not do shit like this not yeah. drastically increase our 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 energy usage which again if you don't know what the blockchain is uh, which some people don't uh this this is new technology uh but the blockchain uh is super fucking complicated i'm not going to explain it here it would take a lot of fucking time to explain <laughs> um behind the bastards is a podcast that this week is doing uh, a kind of an expose, a history on the blockchain 
I'd recommend listening to that, but short story to that, uh, the more you put on it, the longer it takes and the more, uh, energy it takes to do this year, Iran had to fucking stop mining Bitcoin. They banned it for four months because it kept blacking out, uh, the energy in their country. Uh, the electricity, they just kept having blackouts because of Bitcoin mining. Uh, it uses like just mining for Bitcoin uses as much electricity and energy as whole cities, whole countries. It's literally ridiculous. Like we're all sitting here going, oh, I'm going to use fewer straws or, oh, I'm going to turn out the lights in my bedroom tonight or some shit. Mm -hmm. And people are mining Bitcoin. It's undermining everything we're doing to try to help reduce, uh, you know, like our consumption. And like these fuckers are like, oh, Dogecoin, you know? Exactly. Fuck this shit. Elon Musk did it, so it must be okay. okay. <sighs> um, well, I'm going to make electronic vehicles, but huh, let's pay with them with Dogecoin. You know, yeah. like go to hell, you motherfucker. <laughs> I hate that guy so much. Don't even get me started. <laughs> well, let's let's uh, get started on some more positive stuff. Then. Let's do. <laughs> so we'll 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 jump into our DIY corner real quick. We do have two items. Um, I'll go first because Darcy, you, you've been talking, you know, I don't want to keep on talking and talking <laughs> and talking this entire time. So um, Frog in the Fall, well, it's on Kickstarter, but, you know, right now they're not, they're not uh, being backed by, by um, they're blockchain. They're not on the, on the blockchain yeah. quite yet. So, um, and this actually came to my attention from um, a friend of ours and a friend of the show, Laura. Um, thank you. If you're listening, Laura, hope you are. And um, and it is actually done by the this uh, this comic is uh, called A Frog in the Fall. I don't know if I said that already, um, but it's by L- Linnea Sterte. It's actually um, Piao, the publisher in uh, kind of the, in I think they're in Sweden. They're in they're in one of the the northern European countries. Um, they they're um, they they put it on Kickstarter basically to to kind of fully publish this. Uh, this book and uh the name Linnea Sterte might sound familiar because they previously did another book that kind of has a underground following to it uh, that's pretty it's actually quite beautiful called Stages of Rot and this um well so they this new book uh, if you do um, back it you actually are also backing a new edition of Stages of Rot which will probably be the last one that at least Piao does before they um, they close their doors, which they'll they'll be closing, I think, by the end of next year. Uh, so um, this is your chance to get uh, two great. Well, one book we know for a fact is great, but I'm assuming the other book is as great because uh, the artwork on here is looks wonderful, uh, very original, kind of kind of a nice inky black and white. Um, and the story, if you haven't guessed, is about a frog. I'll give a quick read on that here. It says a young frog hatched this spring encounters two toads who have captured the ghost of a Shungiku flower that withered and died just recently. The spirit yearns for the tropics and so do the toads. The frog (laughs) decides to follow them on their journey south. It's a slice of seasonal life for a frog who experiences everything for the first time. Along the way, the frog has encounters with mice, cats, dogs, trees, persimmons, and other beings. <laughs> Lessons are learned and thoughts are exchanged. A meditative, meditative road trip, a <laughs> contemplation of life in general. So 
looks and sounds great. Uh, this is going until um, December 30th. So you have a couple weeks to still write this project. It sounds cool. Yeah, it sounds cool. The art's really pretty. The colorings, I, I really like the coloring, that kind of like sepia almost kind of coloring on a lot of it. Yeah. It, that, and then really dark, dark ink. <laughs> the toads are on, cute. On this. Yeah. The toads are very cute. <laughs> yeah. So this looks really, this looks That's really good. That's actually really pretty, and then, yeah. And they also have some um, some pictures here for from Stages of Rot, which Wait. is a beautiful book as well. So mm. even if you've already you know, got an additional stage, stage of rock, get another one and uh, give okay. it to a friend or a family member. So that's so. what I was looking at the sepia tones, the colors, the stages of rot. That's, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Very nice. Okay. All right. Darcy, if you don't mind, do you want to talk about the other uh, part of here? Yes, I do. Let me bring up my link. So I'm looking at the rock. I was looking at the toads. The toads are so cute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so I am talking about of thunder and lightning, uh, which is on Gumroad. Uh, so uh, I pulled this off of um, uh, of Twitter. Somebody was promoting. I guess it was probably Kimberly Wang. Uh, they were probably promoting it on on Twitter. Um, and so this is a. Uh, it's it's not a kickstarter so it's already made it's already done um so you can just buy it whenever it's on gumroad um so it's of thunder and lightning by kimberly wang um and it is a uh, sci-fi comic about um kind of like the coming ragnarok Mm. which makes sense uh thunder and lightning right yes. uh but it's it's like it's sci-fi not like mythology so it's like a future kind of a futuristic ragnarok but it remind me of a book i read when i was a little kid because it's it's um it's like it's pop stars kind of like pop media fighting this war where um you're fighting on behalf of like the corporate state and you've got like these two uh like these two uh characters who are um like fighting avatars almost like for their two corporate nations and and it's it's never ending because it can't end um and there was a book i read that was very similar to that it didn't have like the ragnarok theme but like uh like these three kids were trained to fight on behalf of their nations for uh, like in this virtual mode um and um they were fighting this virtual war and and i always loved that when i was a little kid um and it kind of reminds me of that and this book is uh very two-toned it's kind of like the covers in this uh, peach and black and it has like this very kind of stylized art to it um and i thought it sounded very interesting i like the idea of like taking a mythology um and updating it to a genre that's outside of that um kind of like what we're reading today mm -hmm. um and so you've got that mythology and sci-fi and i i don't know i thought it looked really interesting so it's available on gumroad so you don't have to worry about it not like finishing a kickstarter <laughs> thing uh so yeah it looks wonderful yeah uh, i like the coloring a lot yeah yeah it, i do too I, the oranges and peaches kind of that's very nice yeah the art's really cool it's got like i uh, just like some cool imagery to it like the flowers and everything's got like really like flowery uh, 
stuff to it. Uh, characters kind of look a little ridiculous, but that makes sense because it's got like this corporations concept to it, like like media. I I don't know. I I, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, yeah, it looks really cool. I'm I'm, I'm looking at several pages. And there's a line that says, in the name of love and peace, I'll crush you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's very cool. All right. Okay, well, um, let's go ahead and jump into our spotlights. Since, Carrie, why don't you go first? Since okay. We haven't let you talk a lot today. <laughs> okay. Let's Sorry. Speak a lot. Alrighty. So, um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, I'm sick. Uh, let's see. So I read, Brian had to write down stuff for me. It's called Regarding the Matter of Oswald's Body, number one, by Christopher Cantwell, Luca Acasalanguida, Giada Marquisio, and Anne World Design. It's from Boom. So I like wordy comic books and this one felt like a straight up novella because there was so much um, like lore building in this and it's just it's so sorry this is not going to be good because I have a headache and I also have a growth on my arm that's been like it hurts and I'm like it's really bothering me so there I know that's a lot of information for anybody who listens but like just yeah okay so um it's just a lot of lore building it's about so I mean I'm assuming everyone has heard of Lee Harvey Oswald Oswald I will briefly say who he was he was the man that um people (laughs) and you're gonna see uh you're going to see my theories come out in a second. He's the person that people think killed JFK. Um, and uh, he he was in the observatory when JFK's little Dallas, like, bloop, bloop, his parade was going around the uh, motor, his motorcade. And he happened to shoot a rifle at the same time that uh, JFK was shot. So uh, there's a lot of conspiracy theories around that. Um, it's one of my favorite uh, things of history because I am deep down my father's daughter and I am a conspiracy theorist. So I would do like to talk about that. Um, basically this book is about um, get looking for Lee Harvey Oswald's body. Um, and it's a flashback in this first uh, like episode, this first um, issue where there is a kind of a shady character. He feels like a CIA, NSA agent. You're not really entirely sure who this person is, but he like builds a team of um, criminals essentially to look for a doppelganger of Lee Harvey Oswald. Although at this time, um, they do not know who this person is. Uh, they're just shown a very brief photo of him and um, some of the characters like there's yellow rose you know um, she's a black American woman it's in Texas it's during the civil rights movement Uh, she's treated like pure absolute shit in the part of the town that she's in so um, and her mother is treated very poorly as well so this person in particular like this shady agent is like yeah I can get you guys out of this area. Like I can get you started over in a place where 
people actually give a shit about other people and like they're not going to treat you bad so you know but you have to be part of my team there is um like a mexican american kid who like fancies himself um a country western star who doesn't do very well on the dive bars because of the color of his skin and so he's like hey you know yeah you may be a country western star but you're really good at like hot wiring cars you work for your uncle's mechanic um you know your uncle's mechanic shop like I need you so he goes through and he gets about four or five people and it's just really interesting because again it's a very um contentious time in American history and it's very interesting because there are so many conspiracy theories that to this day like start like that continue to go and this is um historically this is the event that um made the American people weary of the American government so if you want to talk about the birth of the conspiracy theory movement it is um the assassination or the death of JFK however you want to put it so um I just I do love this time period and it's it seems like a really cool book and it it's just the the first issue is very much just like a caper like getting the gang together but it is very interesting and you you feel for these characters because they're and I don't like this term but they're like lovable losers only because shit's going wrong in their life and they're all committing crimes so they need not to get like not to go straight but like they need something else and yeah. so this person provides that something else and obviously these people are so good at committing crime crimes that none of them get caught which is the thing and so he's basically putting together a superheroes team of criminals who look like everyday human beings and so they're not superheroes by any means but it's just they're so skilled in their area of like criminality that they're going to be you know essentially looking for lee harvey oswald's doppelganger which is i don't know i just think it looked it was really fun i really enjoyed it yeah the artwork looks really good and christopher cantwell is a, a personal favorite of mine when it comes to, to writing and that like the she could fly books i don't know darcy have you read either of the she could fly books yeah um i i would agree i i obviously have not read the this uh uh the oswald book but it definitely sounds good and it's kind of right up my alley so it's, it's <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's a, it's a definite recommend um and the I, art's I, good i had read yeah I, I checked it out um i read it as well and um i just thought it was i just think it's uh kind of well put together kind of interesting because there is you know obviously they're looking for somebody who looks like lee harvey oswald but for mm. what reason you know we're assuming it's because his body is not really his body that's in the grave but mm. who knows right now we can't tell very lincoln but, thing yeah so that's very very cool so and very diverse uh, set of characters as well so yeah which actually i i i liked it because these are the types of people that in this, during this time period, and I'm not gonna kid you, I think you go anywhere in the country during this time period, people of color are getting shot on. Mm -hmm. It's not like it's just Texas uh, or it's just yeah, the South no. or whatever. It's Absolutely. fucking everywhere. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. But like, it's, these are the people that society doesn't give two shits about. So no one's going to pay attention to them. And it just so happens that a couple of them are people of color. So I actually think like, 
the fact that America is racist during like always, but like especially during this time helps their cause because no one's going to care about a black woman. No one's going to care about a, a Mexican kid. They're going to be able to do their shady shit. And I think that's part of the reason why they don't get caught. And mm-hmm. the other one of the other characters is a dude from like Wisconsin, but he fancies himself a bank robber. He's so pathetic at bank robbing that no one reports him. Yeah. So he doesn't leave with like a million dollars. He leaves with like 89 bucks. But it's so again, he's just like this pathetic character where no one cares. So I think those things were most of the time I'd be like, oh, that's not nice. Like blah, 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 blah. But I think having that attribute to all of these people is really going to help just kind of blend in and disappear into the crowd. So I think that's kind of cool. Uh, like a criminal Avengers. And like e, like Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. He, he was a no, a no face to so many people that no one gave a shit about him because he was not even mediocre. He was below average, you know? So that's, again, the beauty of it is that like when Lee Harvey Oswald was in the observatory that day, he passed security he passed employees, he passed cops. Well, this is before he shot the cops on the way out. But I mean, like he passed so many people that he was able to get up to the sixth floor. No one gave a shit because he looked just like some dumb fuck that no one wanted to talk to. So again, I just think it's really interesting. It's a nice play on that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, it looks it looks really cool. It even has its set of um, of pie chart or not pie charts, but like uh, like a flow chart, like flow charts and stuff. So just like a good conspiracy should. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for recommending it. Brian recommended this book, and because I was sick, I was like, "Yes, I will read it." And then I liked it. So it I'm glad that you that you read it as well. All right. Well, I, I'm going to go next, if that's okay with you, Darcy. Absolutely. Okay. Well. So um, I don't know if y'all listened to our first episode where we talked about our comic book uh, origins um, when, you know, when we started this podcast, but mine's, I was, I was a cartoon and animation person before I became a comic book person. Um, I definitely was a huge fan of like, you know, like, you know, Fox Kids mornings and all that kind of stuff. And it was like the Batman cartoon and the X-Men cartoon that kind of got me into comics. So um, when I see something that reminds me of, uh, of the cartoons that I like in comic book form, it, uh, it intrigues me. And that's what got me, brought me to uh, Impossible Jones, um, which is the book I am talking about today. The first issue came out um, about a month ago. Actually, the next issue is out by the time this episode goes out. Um, it came out uh, this Wednesday. So um, it is written by Carl Kessel, uh, art is by David Hahn, uh, Tony Avina, and Comic Craft. Uh, and it's from Scout Comics, available uh, on their website digitally, not through Comixology, um, and also uh, available at your local comic book stores, like usual. <laughs> okay, so Impossible Jones. Um, basically, it's a character, it's it's a story about a, um, a thief who... Um, gets caught during a heist um, and and it's caught in a you know one of your classic superhero creating machines you know like a some kind of like um, 
some like superconductor or something like that. And um, essentially, um, the it doesn't kill her because it's a superhero comic. And um, and she um, instead kind of alters her her body and her form. And this is one of the reasons why it intrigues me. If you ever seen the show Freakazoid, where there's a, the cartoon Freakazoid, where the, the the character basically is like a comic book character brought to life, where they could basically do anything they can put their mind to. That's basically this person's powers. She's she can grow, she can shrink, she can grow another arm if she needs one. She can just basically she can create guns out of her hands. You know, she's basically like like the mask essentially, you know, like she can, you know, um, and, and um, so, so she did has the decision whether or not she's going to continue being a criminal or become a superhero. And she has one of those, like uh, those taco shell moments, like those taco shell commercials where the little girl goes, why not both? So she, Oh my God, that's so stupid. <laughs> so she, she just becomes, referenced that. So she becomes a superhero. Um, but is also at the same time um, the 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 heist that she stops in the in the beginning of the book. Um, she then uh, basically, in quotation marks, jokingly tells the person that she's going to take the uh, the thing that she stole and put it on the black market and make some money off of it. So she so she saves the day, but she also is still a you know a criminal. <laughs> so um, it's it's interesting the uh, the artwork very reminiscent of Batman the Animated Series and like Justice League, um, the Bruce Timm style of, um, of caricatures uh, is, is definitely pre prevalent here. It's definitely its own thing. I'm not saying the artist, you know, looks exactly like Bruce Timm. It's actually pretty dynamic in the, art, in the artwork here on, on this page. And it seems like fun. I'm gonna, you know, after we get done recording, I'll probably pick up the, the, uh, the next issue here. Yeah. If you're a fan of of like that era of, of cartoons and, and you're a fan of like Bruce Timm's style of artwork, um, you know, for like Batman and stuff, then I definitely recommend this comic. And it's kind of a cool twist where she's both a criminal and a superhero at the same time. Does he like want to have sex with him or is he just like the art style the same? <laughs> oh, no, like, the, the art style is it's it's a similar style. Not art. not creepily obsessed. Just no, 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 no. Just good no. art. <laughs> no, no, just a, just a fan of Bruce Tim, like cool. like his his artwork, his artwork. Cool. <laughs> you know, because yeah, it's it's very it's very it's very cute. The coloring is very vibrant as well. I like that. I like vibrant colors. Yep. So, all right. Well, Darcy, if you wanna um, bring us home with your spotlight. I can do that. Uh, mine's very, very simple. Um, I, since I was on Gumroad for the DIY, I just decided I hadn't been on Gumroad in months and months and months. So I flipped through for my free comic and found, uh, uh, what did I find? Uh, Natasha uh, Alterici's uh, first ever comic, mm. uh, which is Girls Don't Like Dinosaurs, which is available mm -hmm. for free if you want it. Um, and it's just this super simple comic about a little Natasha uh, <laughs> who uh, is going outside to play um, and runs into a neighbor who's playing with little dinosaur toys. Uh, probably like uh, Jurassic Park figurines and it's like hey can I play with your dinosaur toys and he's like no girls don't like dinosaurs and she's like screw you and goes off into the woods where she like sees a dinosaur oh, cool. um, like a real dinosaur 
but also maybe it's not like a real dinosaur. Maybe it's her. Um, but yeah. And then it's, it's just like this little short comic. It's super cute. It's black and white. Um, it, it's, it's really adorable. I liked it a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. It looks really good. Why would you tell somebody that? Because little boys are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Because gender, especially are, in the 90s, was really reinforced and yeah, by, you know, toys, toys and they're boys, yeah. toys, girls toys. The toy aisles are, yeah. are better, I think, than they used to be. They're yeah, not yeah. super highlighted they're, pink and blue. Yeah, but um, they're, yeah, they're a lot of color coded at least. Yeah, yeah, it's not quite as bad as they used to be, but they're still not great. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. But who were they bad in the 90s? Oh yeah, definitely. Like in fact, like even like Toys R Us would have like entire sides of the stores. Well, this was the girl size. And the boy the side, side boys. always had Girls. more toys. Yeah, the boy side always had more toys. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we because, had all those fucking Barbies, motherfucker. Well, because like 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 most <laughs> girls' toys are basically about like home economics. If you notice, hair, like hair plug. yeah. Yeah, and it's like you know, taking care of a baby or or easy bake oven or you know, it's it's kind of sad. And then but while boys' toys are like you're a fireman or you're you know you're an astronaut you know yeah so back in that back in those days at least it's changing a little bit now which is nice but i'm a fan of natasha alterici a lot i, I know we we had an episode of heathen um on heathen mm-hmm. a, a few uh months ago that mm-hmm. and it, it is one of my still one of my favorite comics <laughs> so um i i definitely need to to pick this up and see yeah. her her uh, comic book fortunes in a way I really yeah. like Natasha's art and um, in this, it was really cute. Yeah, it looks really good. Definitely. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we'll get into our main course then. Yes. Sounds good. And um, Darcy, you were the person who chose our main course. Um, I'll, uh, I'll announce, I'll do the, uh, the quick uh, announcement of what we're talking about. It's um, Pretty Deadly, Volume 1 by Kelly C. DeConnick and Emma Rios, uh, published by Image Comics. And if you want to shoot, let us know why you picked it and a little brief synopsis. All right. This is one that's been on the list for a while now. Um, just getting pushed back and pushed around by other things. Yes. Um, it's um, I read this a couple of years ago, picked it up. Um, just kind of off the shelf it's like the first maybe second one I've done that's uh, a physical book that I've read for this podcast I think maybe this maybe the second physical book I've done for this podcast uh, picked it up in Singapore oddly enough um, just walking around found a comic book shop underground and was like this is awesome <laughs> and then picked up this book and I was like wow this is so awesome uh, so like, I have a lot of like really good connections in my head to this book. Um, it's, uh, it's this really fantastic, uh, mythology connected to the old West that has a lot of like Helen of Troy connections and, um, other mythologies that have like fingers and everything into it. There's a lot of like depth to this story, but um, to go linearly, kind of, because it's not really a linearly story. But <laughs> you've got you've got this little girl who's being raised by a man, um, and they're going and being hunted basically by death because kind of like in Layla Star, uh, you've got this change going on in the natural world. 
unlike in Layla Star, the changes that uh, death, like all things, death, the god of death, is going to die and is going to be replaced by a new death, essentially. Uh, but there's an issue of, you know, does death want to be replaced by a new death? Uh, because um, there's this history of this beautiful woman that exists um and the old man whose name is fox or mason uh once was married to a beautiful woman uh, and she was so beautiful just the most beautiful helen of troy beautiful um that he locked her up in a tower and she hated it so much that she begged death to kill her and she was so beautiful of course uh, that death fell in love with her uh, and death had a baby with her um, and then when she eventually died uh, she was so beautiful um, that death wouldn't really uh, let her completely die death kept her um, and uh, the baby becomes a reaper kind of like um the crows almost in lila star mm -hmm. um and there's this whole complicated thing about the baby whose name is jenny uh jenny is going out into the world and mason or fox the husband of this uh, of the beautiful woman do we ever get the name of the woman of the bride i don't think we do i don't think I don't we think do either so. they just call her the bride yeah yeah um he is so distraught by his wife's death that he digs a hole and ends up digging himself into the world of death. Um, and he's really pissed off, I guess, as you would be if you were a really selfish asshole. Mm -hmm. um, and he's like, you need to let me have this. Either let me have my wife back, which death is like, fuck you, no. Um, mm -hmm. Or let me have the child because legally uh, that's my child because it's my wife's child. Even if it's not, you know, biologically my child, it's your child. Mm -hmm. And death's like, fuck you, no, but hear me out. If you will go to this river of blood uh, where this woman is mourning and kill the monster that comes out of the river, uh, I'll let you have her. Not have her, but I'll let you whatever um so he goes he's death blinds him and then he goes to the river and he waits next to this woman who's living in tragedy she's super super sad her name's sarah she comes back and forth within this story mm -hmm. um she's awesome i really like sarah yeah, yeah for sure uh she um the two of them are waiting by the river sarah because she's had all these tragedies in her life and uh, Fox Mason, because he's waiting to kill this monster because he wants to get one over on death. Um, and the monster that comes out of the river is the little girl that we've been watching uh, Fox uh, take care of mm -hmm. throughout the rest of the story. Um, and this monster, quote unquote, is the ascendant that's supposed to replace death. Uh, and death doesn't want that. Um, and so instead, Fox decides to raise her 
for various reasons. Later, we find out it's because, well, you know, he doesn't want to kill a baby. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's a big thing. Because that, because it's literally a baby. A baby. <laughs> it's literally a baby that comes out of the, the river. It's, it's not an actual monster. Yeah. But I, he could have just given her to Sarah. I think Sarah would have taken her. Mm-hmm. Um, but but he takes her to because she needs protection from death, obviously. And and probably a whole lot of other things there that, you know, that in volume one's not, you know, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so the story goes and there's a whole lot of other characters. Uh, Big Alice, who is another reaper from death. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Johnny, who uh, is a character that um, plays a part in letting Sissy, who is uh, the ascendant to the new character of death, um, helping her, helping Sissy realize what she actually is. Um, he's I, a trickster like guy, right? He, yeah, he, he, like the coyote. Yeah, because yeah. his name's Johnny Coyote. Yeah. So he, he's instrumental in, um, kind of everybody else kind of wants her to follow the strict path, kind of wants her to either not know or to die or to follow in these certain certain footsteps and johnny's like kind of fuck that i'm gonna fuck with it a little bit mm-hmm. um and uh this is very dreamlike all of it mm-hmm. uh there's a lot of not quite i i would say maybe like fairy tale aspects to it not fable because there's not like history to it. I would say fairy tale is more accurate because there's there's not really a moral here. <laughs> no. Um, so there's some fairy tale aspects because you've got narrators in each in each issue. You've got um, the uh, skeleton of a bunny and a butterfly that kind of walk you through each each issue uh, and help explain what's going on. But it's all incredibly dreamlike. Um, and so there are some interpretations you can make about certain things. Um, and you don't really know what exactly is happening with the history of these characters until maybe issue four. That's a big Um, part of my notes is that there's like, what is going on until issue four? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, this is not something I would have liked to read, uh, uh, issue to issue. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how, how anyone read it like that and how that would have gone over for people Mm -hmm. um reading as a full volume definitely works i think really well Mm -hmm. um but but yeah it's 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 very dreamlike very interesting i i like it a whole lot at the end there's this big fight with um with death um as as sissy goes down to kind of like take her place find find a home um, for herself as the ascendant of death um, and uh, essentially uh, the bride ends up killing death uh, and Sissy takes over the heart of the realm of death and kind of like death and the garden of death had been separated because death had been like almost corrupted by uh, his greed for the bride in the same way that Mason was, um, because 
again, it's kind of got that Helen of Troy thing to it, that this obsession with her and refusing to let her go had kind of like killed the land of death almost. And they keep talking about kind of the same thing that Layla Starr did, that to make life valuable, you have to have death. And death is just like, you know, trying to end this cycle, this this natural cycle of life and death just to go down together with the bride, uh, you know, who cares about all of this, you know, just we want to be here together kind of thing. Um, so Sissy uh, takes over the realm of death and manages to merge the garden and the land of death together. Uh, and it becomes, she's able to like look into the soul of death and life and make that one thing again. And so she makes kind of the natural order of things healthy in a way it hasn't really been recently. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, her, this kind of goes a little bit into issue or volume two. Yeah. She becomes fully uh, the, the uh, god of death and she has her reapers and she takes over that job. And the end. That's right. Well, um, yeah, you hit on you hit, <laughs> you hit it on the head when it, when it, when you said it's very dreamlike. That's that was mm -hmm. another huge part of what I was thinking. Um, there's this is absolutely like 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 it, it the storytelling is is definitely makes you feel like you're sleeping, like you're dreaming. Mm -hmm. um, it's very much not linear at all. Um, no. And then like and then like really you don't really get any kind of plot or exposition except for the beginning in the story there's like a, a fictional story that's told that turned out to be a true story mm, and then and but then later yeah. the, you know you find out like around issue four that this is all true and right like yeah you and that there was another verse to the song there was another verse that to, people don't sing yeah exactly because that doesn't want anyone to know mm -hmm. that sissy was the successor essentially yeah and so so yeah i mean like that i i think storytelling wise absolutely kind of a masterpiece <laughs> because mm. because it, because even though the first issues are definitely wrought with a lot of confusion if you're reading it like especially if mm. you're reading it like you said like one by one oh mm. how do you how do you get through that without being like what am i reading what am i doing <laughs> you know but absolutely but um but yeah i can i read this also as a collected edition first time and um and yeah it, it um and I, I personally like like the the art a lot. I, I like the coloring, lots of blues mm, and oranges. Mm, gorgeous. Um, but um, in, and also um, I love the monarch butterflies as well. Yeah. That um, that Alice turns into whenever she gets killed. Oh yeah, when she when her head goes and the whole page is just bordered by butterflies. Yeah, I mm. love that. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. I wanted to like this so much more than I did. If this were a book without pictures, I would be in heaven. Mm. I loved the lore behind it. I loved the, st the storytelling. I loved how um, I, I felt, again, very confused what the fuck a lot of the time. Mm. Um, it was opaque and translucent to me all at the same time, if I can use mm -hmm. those words to describe it. Absolutely. Um, I absolutely loved the storytelling. Mm -hmm. I'm the more I'm reading, the more I'm realizing I don't like a lot of realistic artwork. 
Mm -hmm. um, especially when there's violence. Mm -hmm. So I had, even though Alice is hot, whether she's (laughs) Reaper form or like butterfly form, (laughs) um, I had a really hard time with the violent parts of the story, even though they are intricate to the plot. Um, I just personally had a hard time with it. And uh, this is a stupid point to nitpick. I didn't, wasn't a fan of the lettering and I don't know why, but I, I was thinking about it and I told Brian, this is, if someone were to tell me this is everything right about a modern comic. I would be like, yes, absolutely. This is like 110% like a perfect example of what modern comics should look like and feel like to me. But I think that's why I didn't like the lettering. I, it's stupid. I know. I, it's the most asinine thing to critique. But I felt a little put off by the way it was written. And I don't know if that affected how I could read it. Um, I had eye strain when I was reading it. And I don't know if it was because of the artwork and the lines in it or if it was the lettering, but I did have that. And I mean, like, I my, my vision is very sensitive. So it's just, I know that's stupid. But again, reading like a physical copy of it, I wasn't expecting those problems with it because those are problems I usually have reading a digital version. So I was like, I was like, oh, that's weird. But I mean, the story in and of itself is just fabulous. It's so lovely. And it's um, Sissy, I wanted to adopt. She's the cutest little girl. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if anybody else did this, but like hearing the butterfly and um, the skeleton, the bunny skeleton talk, they were little kid voices in my head. Because I just pictured someone telling this fantastical story to children. And so when they spoke, they spoke in really high voices in my head and it kind of, it made it more dreamlike to me in a way, because I felt like this is something that like would like, these are tall tales that would be shared with children. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, it kind of added to it for me for some reason, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the story a lot and funny side story. When Brian says things when he's really excited, sometimes he slurs his words. And so he loves Kelly Sue DeConnick. But every time he talks about her, he goes, Kelly Sue DeConnick. So I thought it was one word. I thought it was a a person named Kelly Sue DeConnick. DeConnick? And so I kept trying to think, like, I was looking for, like, her one time. I'm like, how the hell do you spell her last name? (laughs) And then finally, Brian's like, he showed me a book. I'm like, oh, Deconic. Oh, Kelly Sue. Oh, okay. So I personally think she's Kelly Sue Iconic. Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) Yeah, the, the, the store, I mean, again, I wish this were, like, like a like a like a novella like mm-hmm. a book i mean i would gobble up this book series i just again it's i, I kind of wish there just, wasn't the artwork for me i would, I would say re- your complaint about the lettering like you said it's a strange complaint or i can't remember how you worded it but yeah. um that's i complaints about lettering are always fair complaints mm-hmm. because um like people letter differently and it's 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 like complaints about subtitles like, yeah. um, 
you shouldn't just complain about the existence of subtitles, but like (laughs) subtitles, like subtitles work for, you know, like different people and like the way you do them. Same Mm -hmm. thing with lettering, like, Mm -hmm. um, like there are like, there's not just a standard lettering format, like lettering is an art form for a reason. Like sometimes they work for you. Sometimes they don't work Mm -hmm. for you. So I, it's a completely fair complaint, I think. Um, and, um, there, there are times when I think things worked really, really well. Um, but there, there's something in here when, when you mentioned that there was something I did not like that, uh, when you talked about the lettering, um, I was rereading before we started and there was mm-hmm. something that I was like, uh, who said that? And, mm-hmm. and it was really, I thought poorly done, mm. um, the way it was lettered or the way it was laid out. And I'm not sure if that would be attributed to the letterer or to the, the paneling. Okay. Um, but, but there was a few times when, when I thought there were, there were a couple of issues, Um, I didn't have problems with like the font choice. It's a fairly standard comic book font choice, I think. Mm -hmm. But um, like there were times when I I thought there could have been uh, adjustments made Um, that pink and black. uh, I I read, I I read back before I boycotted, uh, I, you know, like Red Hood comics and they do him uh, black and uh, red ink on black panels and so Mm -hmm. I'm used to really shitty lettering (laughs) Mm -hmm. like reading the shittiest red lettering (laughs) choices known to humankind yeah Uh, but in here they do I think it's pink and black at some point for somebody it's It's the 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 bird right the The crow um and that's like stuff like that It's, it's a choice um but it's not a great choice on the eyeballs yeah yeah no, absolutely. It's almost, it almost feels skippable because of, of like, of the yeah. way, yeah, the way it's, it's written, which is funny because like Clayton Cowles is the, the, the person who did the lettering and he's, he's a pretty prominent letterer and, he, yeah. and I'm sure you've read stuff by, you know, Carrie's yeah, read stuff I, by, by him. I mean, like, it's just, it's just this one Cowles. doesn't really, like, I, I, I get it. Like, I think I, you know, um, I can see how it, it's not, it's, you know, can be the most aesthetically pleasing you know also too i mean i have a double ear infection and a sinus infection so (laughs) i'm i'm working through like a quite a bit of illness right now so again like we has been this has been the prevailing theme the last few episodes it's just like sometimes when you're not in the right headspace yes things just irk you differently than maybe they would if you were like a hundred percent yeah where is that stupid um Darcy, Thanks. did you you read volume two? Have you read? Did you read the rat, the volume three? I volume never two? read volume three. So, so that's how I got into this series. Is I picked up the rat issue one first, mm. and and I was so confused by it. I'm like, oh, oh I better no shit. I, I bet I, I better go buy the other two volumes first, and 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 so I read those, and I was like, it was funny because the first four issues of the first volume, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm still, still confused. confused. <laughs> but um. Volume three is in my actually. I think each volume it gets better. Really, and, 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 I, I need to pick yeah. up volume three. I keep telling myself to pick up volume three, There's, and I just every time I go to the comic book shop because I've got volume one and volume two. If it were <laughs> if I were to buy in digital, I would have already done it. But yeah, I've got one and two in physical. So you have to, I need get to just three. buy it online. Every time I go to the comic book shop, they don't have three. I need to just mm-hmm. buy it online and get it shipped to me. Um, the 
the Sarah's family order it, I guess Sarah's family just like in volume one and two um the either her ancestors mm. um play a part um her descendants yeah her descent thank you her descendants play, play a part and um and because there's a tiny type time jump I believe in between volume one and two like there's a okay like yeah because Sarah's old Sarah's dying in, yeah. in two and then in three it's in the 1920s and it takes place in Hollywood Mm, and it's like cool. it's like the i think it's the 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 youngest son is or the or the, one of the youngest grandsons of sarah's yeah, from volume two is 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 in this book is in that cool. story so it's pretty cool and then I, I like that continuity that it like somehow because sarah was the one weeping that brought um sissy into life it's kind of like now death is around them all the time like like everything you know the, their lives are now involved in death for the rest of, of the generations of the of the family yeah because because of sissy and because of fox and because fox is still interested and all that mm. stuff it's pretty cool and i like how it's kind of alluded that fox and sarah have a little bit of history mm-hmm. they, oh, share- they do yeah oh so, oh yeah, yeah. But because yeah. you've read past this, yeah. yeah. Well, well, they kiss at the end of exactly. at the end of volume yeah. one. Yeah, they bone they in. <gasps> they do. I, I mean, you know, they're like they're macking each other. They're 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 totally Uh-oh. they're totally boning. I went back to being. I mean, he dies at the end of one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he did. He he did. He did. She, that's what that's what um at the while they're in death uh jenny says um nobody what only in in this realm that my father created or whatever the only people who can die are reapers and something or another mortals can't die here you're already dead yeah. oh that's he, right he drowned. you drowned he, he drowned right. when the river came he he was already dead oh he, he still chooses not to go go with his his ex-wife for some reason i think Maybe it's to stay in the garden and, and watch over Sissy. I, yeah. I can't forget what what he what he does. So does that mean Sarah's honest. dead too? Um, no, she's alive. She can no, see the dead. Alive. She just she, yeah she, she 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 didn't travel down there with them. Oh, uh, yeah. so so but she's one of the few people that can see the dead. Oh, yeah, and I think that she's fucking that, awesome. That power um, goes through generations with her with the family. Yeah, it's in her family. Yeah, because um, I the the little girl that's the kind of the main subject of the of the third volume has that power too. I think. Oh wow! It's and been over her, two years since I've read it. So everyone in her not everyone, I guess they don't talk to everybody in her family at oh. like the the funeral and everything. But like three or four people definitely in her family in volume two, because uh, yeah. uh, Fox becomes a reaper basically in in volume two fuck yes and he comes he he basically uh gets permission to come collect sarah when she dies um and i know it's super fucking sad and sweet too because you know like they kiss and they dance and it's all a thing um do they get to be together um I don't remember. Oh, I just kind of yeah. remember the beginning. Like they, they. I don't remember how it. I don't think so. Yeah, I, it's not. It. It's not. Well, it's not about that. It is yeah. in my. It's, <laughs> it's like the beginning. It, it's about the war, and it's about like, like sissy trying to end. I think it was the civil war. 
World War One. I think so. I, I think it's Civil it, War. It's a Civil War. No, wait, no, it's World. It's World, it's World War One. It is. That's right. It's that's World War One. This is like the late eighteen hundreds. Is Volume One and early? Yeah, I think World War One is Volume World Two. World War One because yeah. they've got those those hats, the flap yeah. ones. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So she's dying, and they're trying to like three or four of them are trying to convince Fox to let her stay alive long enough for um because one of her Cyrus, sons is out there right yeah the the son that sissy met and hung out with to let mm-hmm. him get back from war to see her before she dies yeah and sissy's trying to stop the works too many people are fucking dying mm. yeah. so it's a good it's a good uh, volume yeah. i've not read it in a while but it's a good volume I'll read it. But, but several people are talking to him. Yeah. <laughs> so like lots of yeah. them, lots of her family got it. Yeah. Exactly. That ability to see the dead. That's pretty cool. That is um, really cool. Um, one thing that's prevalent in um, Kelly Sue, Kelly Sue DeConnick books <laughs> is, is she puts a lot of back matter in, in her books. Like uh, If you buy them issue by issue, and I remember there being a lot of back matter on volume three so i'm actually interested in trying to find individual issues mm-hmm. of this and seeing what the back matter is because like the like her bitch planet and stuff like that just the mm-hmm. the back matter is almost as good as the book itself you know and she kind of gets into lore and like stories and stuff like that yeah i really wish they would have kept that in this because yeah the, the the what's here is like uh uh concept art which is really good. I really yes. liked it a lot. Absolutely. Uh, concept art of Sissy in different forms, like pre and post God of Death. Uh, her God of Death form is super cool. It's I really, awesome. really like it. Um, but, you know, more stuff is cool. I yeah. love back matter. And, and that's actually, um, I, I mean, like spoiler for people listening, um, Richard and I are doing um, a, a saga recap and and that was one thing too is that the individual issues have a bunch of back matter and then the collected issues have nothing oh. so it's so it's like richard's like richard's like oh you check out this like the letters and like what they talk how, how they talk to the people i'm like i don't know because i've never read this <laughs> except yeah. collected and so i'm like i, I was reading it collected uh, no, i'm not collected i was reading it issue by floppy, issue floppy, yeah. yeah so so yeah I, image has that problem unfortunately it seems like they need to get their shit together and pay their to get uh, their shit together and pay their people <laughs> i will have to say on the back of um because we have a, a physical trait of it yep. on the back it says grand and majestic storytelling ward ellis uh, I, too. I, didn't I was really annoyed when i saw that yeah. i was like fuck him he doesn't need to have his name on this no. book well oh, yeah I, so does I, mine i think i fit asshole. Well, I did. I did actually fail to to say everybody that's involved in this book. Um, uh, so it was Kelly Sue DeConnick and Emma Rios. Uh, Jordi Beller did the colors, and so and she's also a legend in her in her profession. So um, the, those browns and oranges and and greens are thanks to her. And mentioned earlier, Clayton Cowles as well for the writing or for the uh, lettering. I'd like a yeah, big no, Alice Jordy's, hat too. Oh. Sort of oh. the teals, the purples, all yeah. of it's all of it's fantastic. And yes, a big Alice statue would be amazing. Like half of her in butterflies and half of her yeah. just hot naked woman form. And post mm-hmm. post self mutilation when she puts the the scars in her face to look like Ginny. 
What? Yeah, she Jenny puts the knife, the sword to her face, and she drags them across her face. I hated that part. Yeah, that part was gross to me. When you were talking about the like the the yeah, that part was fucking gross. Yeah, I do remember that. Okay. I was like, "What the fuck is she doing?" Yeah, does I mean, I, I get it. On me as it's, it does on you. Sibling rivalry essentially is what that is, and it's really creepy at the same time. <laughs> All right. Well, um, do you guys have anything else, or do you want me to continue this train down the road? No, let's the bring rail? this train into the station. What are you looking for? I'm looking for my notes, so oh, I can close okay. everything here. So, <laughs> ow! I just hit my head. Okay. Well, everyone. Um. Once again, we have reached the end of our show, and thank you, everyone, for listening. And email us any questions or comments at comicsdeservebetter at gmail.com Instagram and Twitter at cdbpod. Uh, website is comicsdeservebetter.wordpress.com where you can request a subject for a future show. Don't forget to follow, rate, and tell a friend about the podcast. And Darcy, where can we find you? I am at, oh, sorry. I am at books underscore serial and I have a website, booksandserial.wordpress.com. I kind of got through (laughs) Old Man Hawkeye. (laughs) Um, Let me tell you whatever I'm on, I'm on episode eight so I'm, I'm yeah there. well listen <laughs> oh, talk episode about nine. it episode nine rather at least listen yeah. <laughs> listen okay let me just say something <laughs> i am unabashedly 100 like the vast majority of people in the world a 616 clint barton fan mm-hmm very few people very few people in this world are going to tell you they prefer ultimate hawkeye very few people are going to be like you know who's the better clint barton millar's clint barton because who would he's awful uh but you know what you know who's the better dad in this world (laughs) uh it's definitely not old man hawkeye uh wastelanders no. that hawkeye he's a shit dad he's awful <laughs> you mean tying up your your daughter <laughs> so that she can't she can't do what she wants to do what? you mean There's when the- she's sitting there screaming at you going clint clint papa papa something's yeah. happening papa please help listen. me and yeah. he's like no this is the last chance i have to kill zemo i can't yeah. listen to you right now while you're having this emergency <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and somebody might actually be dying and in danger i'm gonna do this thing and i'm like holy father shit. of the year material please right there. give me jeremy renner's hawkeye now okay <laughs> yeah. the, the only cool thing i remember ultimate hawkeye doing in the ultimates uh like in Mark Millar's series was when he he was captive and he used and he plucked his fingernails off and, oh, and, he, and killed and he a person or blinded a person with it fuck yeah yeah he like he like flicked them off his his hand and flicked them into this guy's eyes hell yeah that was that, awesome that was like the only awesome thing I remember about <laughs> ultimate okay he's he's deadly with literally anything yeah. even parts of his own body <laughs> exactly it's kind of like when like Gambit would like you know like have a piece of gum in his mouth and he would charge it with the kinetic energy and then spit it at somebody and it would explode kind of the same idea that's that's always always fun i'm dumbfounded yeah you should be comics are ridiculous 
<laughs> yeah, there's some really good things on Ultimate Universe. There's some really gross things on Ultimate Universe, like mainly gross. Getting eaten by other characters, but yeah, that would be uh, Janet Van Lost. Dyne. Yeah. yeah, got eaten by the Blob. Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. Yes. But you know. But then we also get Miles Morales, so you know. But, <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, well. <sighs> okay. Well. I <laughs> 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 uh, hope you like enjoyed the uh, Marvel Minute of the, the Marvel Minute podcast. As always, you're welcome. <laughs> yes, but it's 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 Clint. It's it's hot guy. So yeah. Yes. Um. All right. Well, I'm at Brygen two eight one four Twitter and Brygen underscore CV on Instagram. And so for Darcy and Carrie, I'm Brian, and this has been the Comics is Our Better podcast. Remember. Comics is our better and everyone deserves comics. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Are you there, Darcy? Yep. Oh, okay. All right. Well, if you guys don't have anything to say about that, I... Well, no, it sounds good. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry. I got a message from a friend. Oh. I was just really Poor Brian. <laughs> I, I super, super apologize, but it was kind of important. Oh, no, 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 no. I hope everything's okay. This is the greatest thing no, ever. No, 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 everything's fine. Just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's all, it's I liked it. Freakazoid when I was a kid. I remember hearing about the Freakazoid yeah. thing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you to stop you, to stop it, to get yeah. to the message. But... Yeah. So funny. It's all good. Well,